0: Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. God's great mission is to redeem, renew, and establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. His perfect eternal kingdom is one of peace, justice, equality, and respect. The King and His kingdom are key themes in both the Old and New Testament. God's right to rule and reign is established where His will is done. Jesus, in His earthly mission, inaugurates the kingdom. As King, he is also the embodiment of God's kingdom. In love, truth and power, he breaks through fear, bringing healing, peace, equality and respect. In power, Jesus demonstrates God's kingdom, and in truth he proclaims it. Jesus spoke of many parables regarding the kingdom. He told these stories to convey deep spiritual truth. So today, let us look at the parable about the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. This particular parable is included in all three of the four Gospels. It's included in Matthew, Mark and Luke. As it is mentioned in all three of the four Gospels, it must be very significant and relevant. So let us begin with Matthew's account. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 31 to 32. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. In its beginnings the mustard seed is the least of all seeds, both in size and reputation. Yet when its destiny is fulfilled, the mustard seed becomes great in both size and strength. The kingdom of heaven, being a reality on this earth that became damaged by evil, began with the least of tribes. God chose a people group that were both small in number and reputation. He chose them to be the object of his great love, so that he would reveal himself to the world. A world that chose to build their own kingdoms instead of living in the reality of his. To Israel he said, in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 to 8. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people for you were the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God does everything out of love. He loves all people equally. To reveal his love, he made a covenant promise to the forefathers of ancient Israel. He said to Abraham and to his descendants that he would make them a great nation, a blessing to all people, so that the world may know him. Israel's destiny was to be a holy people, a light amongst the nations to reveal his great love, truth and power to all people. Jesus fulfills the destiny of Israel. He is the glory of Israel and the light of the world, revealing the love of the Father and what his kingdom looks like on earth. In Jesus' earthly ministry, the kingdom of heaven had come on earth. God, the creator of heaven and earth and all things good, became human born of the Holy Spirit, came as a baby, and he was from one of the twelve tribes of Israel. He took on the form of a servant and began his ministry declaring the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The establishment of God's right to rule and reign on earth sets the captives free, bringing healing and transformation. For this is the heart of God the Father and his good pleasure, that we be truly free. In the surrender of self-will to that of the Father's will, God's power and authority becomes established in the hearts and minds of every disciple. After his death, resurrection and ascension, Jesus commissioned those who received him as king and sent them out. Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 to 20 And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. In the beginning of the book of Acts, the writer Luke reveals to us that God's kingdom was the central topic of discussion between Christ Jesus and his apostles During the forty days between his resurrection and ascension. Let's read Acts chapter one verses one to three. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also predestined himself alive after his sufferings by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The realisation of the kingdom on earth started with Jesus. He imparted everything into his disciples and through his Holy Spirit, continues to do so today. The first disciples physically saw and touched Jesus. They did life with Jesus and were eyewitnesses to who he is, what he has done and will do. They testified of his willingness to suffer for our sakes. He paid the cost of all humanity's offences ever said, thought or done. Jesus defeated death and was physically raised from the dead. They saw, touched, and testified of him. The first disciples testified that in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, he brings salvation to all people. Salvation is only available through Jesus Christ. Apart from him, it is impossible to enter into his kingdom. Reject the king, and you reject his kingdom. For the king and the kingdom are one. The first disciples testify that Jesus is the anointed one with all power and authority over life, death and eternity. He is the king of all kings and the kingdom of God ruler. To receive the King is the only pathway of entry into God's Kingdom. Upon receiving the King, we are transferred from the Kingdom of Darkness into His glorious Kingdom of Light. From death to life, bondage to freedom, shame to honour, defeat to victory. Once entered into his kingdom, the ruling and reigning begins. It is the daily journey of surrender and receive. Surrender of self-will to that of the Father's will. Being still in his presence, receiving from him, is letting God's kingdom take root in our lives. The more we surrender and receive, the deeper his truth, love, and transforming power goes. Deeper into our spirit, intellect, emotions, and ultimately will. In Jesus' earthly ministry at the cross, he paid the cost for us. In his resurrection, he obtained the crown of victory for us. In Jesus' humanity and divinity, his victory over evil, death and self, he freely gives to us. In his ascension, he gives to us his spirit. The power and authority of Jesus in his spirit is a surging, rushing, relentless river of new life. After Jesus' ascension, 120 gathered according to his instructions. Then it happened. The outpouring of his Holy Spirit gave birth to the Church as the body of the resurrected Christ, empowering and mobilizing the Church throughout the ages to announce the Kingdom of God to all people on the earth. Every individual disciple of Jesus, together by our very existence as the body of Christ, testify. We testify of God to the principalities and powers. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 to 11. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the Church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. By His Spirit, through His disciples, Jesus' mission continued and rapidly grew. After one sermon by the Apostle Peter, 3,000 Jews entered into God's kingdom. Journeying through the book of Acts, we see how the word of the Lord spread throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth as salvation is a free gift for all people. Acts, chapter 13, verses 44 to 49. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. So. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which a man took and sowed. And the word that has been translated as took is very interesting. It means to lay hold of in order to use, claim, and name as one's own. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God requires participation. The action to lay hold of it and take responsibility as if it's one's own. God the Father gave the kingdom to God the Son, who in turn gives it all to all who are willing to receive his right to rule and reign. In receiving the King, we lay hold of God's right to rule and reign in our lives. It becomes our own. The mustard seed, when planted, germinates and grows to its future purpose. In all three accounts of this parable included in the Bible, the primary action is the growth. A growth that has a purpose. For such is God's kingdom. In God's kingdom, each one is given a place of purpose, growth, fulfillment, and the realization of their eternal destiny. Jesus explains the purpose of this extraordinary growth is so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches, or as Mark's account puts it this way, nest under its shade. To nest is to dwell. What a beautiful picture of the living God's kingdom here on earth. To live out of a position of perfect peace, justice, equality and respect in amongst this world of chaos, injustice, inequality and shame. Time is short. We herald in his kingdom by being established in his truth, rooted in his love and transformed in his power. We are part of a movement far greater than ourselves We are part of the universal history and love story of God that gives meaning to our lives. We have a place, purpose, and position in God's eternal love story. Remember Jesus said the purpose of the growth of the kingdom is so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. All people, all tribes, All nations who are willing can dwell in his kingdom. Find rest and shade, even in this world damaged by evil. Be free of all offenses, judgment, and ultimately eternal death. All this is required is to say yes to Jesus, yes to God. Acknowledge his right to rule and reign and give full allegiance to him. Worship only him. The final word recorded in the Bible from the church in oneness with the Holy Spirit is to invite all who are thirsty to come. Revelation, chapter 22, verse 17. And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Together, by his Spirit, let us, the universal Church, the entire body of Christ throughout the world, take hold of his kingdom, living in the daily reality of surrender of self-will to that of the Father's will. With a heart-mind condition of surrender, take a moment to receive from him. Letting him establish us in his truth and be rooted in his love and transformed in his power, where his right to rule and reign is a constant in our hearts and minds, as this is the heart of our Father, the mission of our King and Saviour, the work of the Holy Spirit, in which every disciple participates. Praise his mighty name.